Welcome to The Undercover Elephant, a podcast about scaling and optimizing your PHP applications produced by Tideways. Each week, Benjamin Eberlei and Matthew Setter sit down with an expert from the PHP community to discuss a specific aspect of highly performant PHP applications. Whether you're a lone developer or part of a larger team, if you want to develop fast and reliable PHP applications, then this, my friend, is the podcast for you. Okay, this is episode two of The Undercover Elephant, where we're talking about PHP performance with our very special guest, Marco Pavetta. You can find a link to an article about the topic at tideways.com forward slash podcast forward slash two. And there is also a link to that in the show notes. Hi, Marco. So where are you calling in from today? Hey, Benjamin, I'm calling from the Frankfurt area here in middle Germany. Cool. So Marco, you and I, we know each other for a long time working on Doctrine. And um, yeah, you've been working on a lot of open source projects uh, in the Doctrine ecosystem specifically as a um, lead engineer at the moment, uh, project lead and uh, Zen Framework um, universe. Then you sort of went on the tangent and worked a lot on proxies and uh, a lot of uh, code in PHP that seems to push PHP to the limits. And you're talking about this a lot in on conferences. And uh, yeah, yeah, for earning your bread and butter, you're working as a freelancer for various companies. Yeah, uh, did I forget something? No, it seems pretty much right. I'm, I'm a consultant, so I happen to jump around projects a lot currently trying to get more long-term stuff and products uh, because otherwise consulting is very unrewarding because you only see a few months of a project and you don't see them getting to completion. But uh, it's overall about PHP regular projects by day and then very complex or interesting and technically deep stuff in the night. Considering performance in PHP on a macro level, what for you would be the most important factor for getting uh, the best performance out of PHP? Yeah, so uh, me and Benjamin discussed this before and, and uh, there was an interesting article by Joe Watkins about uh, performance in PHP over the years and about PHP becoming more and more mature language viable to many different kinds of businesses. If you are a business relying on PHP, the easiest way to get performance out of your applications is to upgrade. Keep your PHP version upgraded, keep your libraries upgraded because the whole ecosystem is working towards performance. They are performance aware. And if you look back at PHP versions like 5.5 or even 5.4 and the jumps that we did since 5.4, you go to 5.4 to 5.5, we introduced it, well, not we, the PHP core people, which are brilliant developers, introduced uh, Opcache and then 7.0, um, Nikita Popov, Dimitri Stogov, and uh, a lot of others introduced a massive amount of improvements that made the language much, much faster, more than twice as fast as it was. And every minor release that we get, we still get some improvements. So if you consider a software project uh, by a company and you have hundreds of thousands of lines of code and you have no idea how to improve them, imagine having to upgrade 10% of that code every time you touch the project. That's a massive effort. Instead, 
upgrade the engine that is below it, upgrade the dependencies, and you already have a clear path to good performance there. Um, that definitely sounds like a good one. Like a, uh, what would you say, like a sort of a simpler wind side, something that would appeal to a lot of people. Maybe there's something to, to riff off of that is for, and maybe I'm kind of going a bit out on a tangent, but for projects like WordPress and stuff that say, well, we sort of aren't in a position to do that. Is there a contrary argument to that to try and encourage them to upgrade for that speed benefit? And this is coming as someone who hasn't really touched WordPress in quite some time. So I'm kind of sort of shooting out into the breeze there. Well, PHP is very much backwards compatible aware. It doesn't mean that it's fully backwards compatible. We constantly have little BC breaks here and there. We are still able to run very old WordPress versions on very new PHP versions. And I feel like the community around PHP is very much aware of semantic versioning backwards compatibility, deprecation policies. We, we as a community grew a lot over the last decade. Before it was mostly stray dogs developing a library, upgrading it, pushing it out, and that's it. Now instead we declare when we're breaking things. Uh, so you can upgrade even if you have very old projects. If you have something very old running, you cannot upgrade. Usually it's much little it's very little effort to get these projects upgraded and to just change what you need to change instead of a massive effort where you have to completely replace the project. So you can still upgrade. There are people allowing this by introducing polyfills, introducing other tooling. My suggestion is instead go in your project, look at the two, three locations that need adjustment, test it out, and then push a new version. Uh, you get the benefit of better security support. You get the benefit of uh, performance. You get the benefit of documentation. You're looking at documentation that is from this decade instead of something from 10 years ago that you know is wisdom of the ancients that got lost in some stack overflow question where somebody said, I solved it, but not how. Yeah, I um, believe with um, things like WordPress, the, the core team is uh, working on keeping WordPress compatible with uh, very recent versions of PHP. So I think in the ecosystem, often the problem is um, plugins, themes, and I think this is the same for other ecosystems and platforms like uh, Magento or Shopware or whatever kind of system um, that the core is often keeping up with newer versions uh, quite aggressively, maybe not super aggressively, but very quite recent. And then the plugins are often a problem or the custom developed code that people use. Yes, upgrading in-house code is the biggest effort there. But it is also a good thing that you have to touch that code again. And then maybe some intern wrote a decade ago and nobody ever looked at it. And maybe it's terrible, maybe it's fantastic but you should at least look at it again. You don't build a house and then for 10 years, you don't check it for leaks, for problems with the windows, for piping, for electricity systems that need to be checked. The same should be for software projects, even if it is indeed a cost to go back in and look at what you built or what you integrated and what is outdated. This idea of building a software project, pushing it live and leaving it there to kind of rot, let's say, is, is a bit broken. And we, even if 
an upgrade just leads you to go through the old stuff and, and check if it's still working. That's already business value because you know if something needs to be touched or not, and you can re-estimate whether there is a, a massive amount of work to be done or not. That's a pretty decent analogy, I must say. Well, you don't run around with a car without having it checked, True. right? Why would you run around with a software project that maybe does important stuff and not yeah, check it? Cool. Okay, so PHP 7.4 will probably also increase the performance uh, by a short percentage, 10% maybe or so over the previous version. Uh, however, there's a, in, a new feature called preloading that seems to allow for even bigger performance changes uh, if you put some work in it. So it's not just upgrading, but putting some work into this new feature. Can you um, explain a little bit for the listeners what this new feature is? Right. So in PHP 5.5, uh, there was a new component, which I think was called the Zend cache or something like that component. It was made open source and introduced in PHP, and that's called the opcache. Now, this opcache component is responsible for uh, introducing a middle caching layer between evaluation of your scripts and parsing and compilation, where you try to make it more machine-friendly. You know, the code that you write is not necessarily what the CPU sees. This component is caching uh, anything that it looks at from a script perspective so that you do not need to re-estimate everything that happens inside the script if that script did not change, so if the file was not modified. Now, if you look at the settings, you can configure opcache so that it is mostly immutable, so it will not even check files. But the idea is that you want to avoid hitting, you, you want to avoid hitting the hard drive when loading a PHP script. And you want to avoid that parsing and, and um, compilation step by having a more intermediate format, which is the opcode format, which is a kind of a format that is more uh, engine friendly for PHP. And this opcache already gave us a massive improvement in performance to the point where projects like Symfonids and Framework gained like 50% improvement in performance back when we were talking about PHP 5.5 and 5.6. Now, what is now possible with 7.4 through a preload operation is that you can provide your server with an ini setting. Usually PHP FPM would have this ini setting deployed together with the server configuration. And it would have a script that aggressively preloads information about defined symbols inside your scripts. So it's not just about scripts that get cached into opcache, but actual symbols like function definitions, classes. I'm not sure about constants and stuff like that, but Anything that is static information that you would expect an autoloader to provide you will be preloaded in memory and shared between multiple executions of PHP scripts without the actual need to go to the opcache. So we're talking about a layer that is a bit further on. We now have uh, class definitions and function definitions directly preloaded in the memory of your PHP process, and the PHP process can then reuse this information over multiple script executions. And that gives us yet another massive improvement in performance. So according to the RFC that was accepted some time ago, and it's going to be live in what a month, not even a month from now, 
you know, 7.4 is coming. It's coming now. Uh, it can provide something like 30% improvement on some old frameworks like Zen Framework 1. Uh, on Zen Framework 2, it provided something like 40 or even more uh, percent in performance improvement in synthetic benchmarks. So we're talking about the hello world, of course, but it's a massive amount of overhead that we save at the cost of using more memory in our process. Um, so could you explain um, how Opcache worked before this feature? Let's say we have a request hitting PHP FPM and there are files that are not yet in, in Opcache. Um, how, how would that work? So remember that I'm not an engine developer. I mostly use the engine and I know a lot of ins and outs, but I don't really know the details down there. What is uh, kind of the abstract idea behind it is that uh, let's say that we want to reach index.php and index.php is a file that we never touched and the engine has never seen it and we want to reach it, then the PHP engine will first of all do a lookup in the opcache and see is there a, a hit for, is there a an entry for index.php. If there is no entry, then it will have to parse the file. It will have to convert the file into opcodes, which is also where all the optimizations happen, where you know the PHP engine takes your ugly code and makes it kind of interesting for the CPU uh, and, and not very heavy to it. And um, it will then take the resulting uh, compilation result, which is opcodes, save them to the opcache, and then it will evaluate the opcodes by running them through the Zend engine, which is an effectively a state machine. And this is kind of how it worked so far. So if you have an opcache entry for these files, then you do not need to go through these initial steps of parsing and evaluation. And that saves you a lot of time plus disk access. Right? You don't need to go to the disk. That's possibly the heaviest operation. Hitting the hard drive is millions of kilometers away in CPU terms. Right, It's like going to the grocery, but in the US, instead of going to the grocery uh, near your home. And effectively, that was the kind of old way of doing it. With preloading, the index PHP would contain definitions like functions that have to be run uh, sorry, that have to be defined and, and classes that get loaded and stuff like that. And those are already in memory. So we're talking about something that happened even after opcodes were already um, evaluated to some degree. So we have definitions about classes and functions that were in that index PHP kind of. And that, uh, that gives us an advantage in performance because we're now talking about shared memory, and we're not talking about taking opcodes and evaluating them. We did already some evaluation to some degree, and that's giving us yet another advantage. And we can also pack more aggressive optimizations into the preloading operations because those preloading operations happen once when we start the server, and we can be a bit more light on the engine later on. Okay, but for all the, the like, say the, the the benefits that that brings, is there a flip side, such as maybe say increased complexity in getting it set up in deployments and so forth? Yeah, uh, of course, um, everything is a trade-off in software engineering. So uh, what happens in this case is that now we have symbols that are already in memory, and we don't have symbols that are bound to a 
code location, we already loaded them. We don't. We, they are still bound to where they came from. So if you look at reflection, it still says it was declared in this file and that file. But these symbols are now in memory. So if you have two applications and they both define a class Hello World, let's say, then these two applications will be in conflict. So if you run a second application on the same server that run preloading and already has Hello World in memory, you are not actually using the Hello World of your second application. You're using the Hello World of the first application. In practice, this means that a typical multi-tenant or multi-user architecture uh, like we do on shared hosts in PHP is not possible anymore when using preloading. On the plus side, that's also something we no longer do. I know very few people that use shared hosting these days, and those shared hosting solutions, uh, due to security constraints and other reasons, they actually run containerized environments anyway. So if you deploy something to, let's say, for example, Heroku, maybe at one point they used a shared environment to deploy things that nowadays they all run in containers or VMs and try to kind of give everyone their little box with memory constraints, CPU constraints, so you don't have these problems. The other issue, of course, is that preloading um, is obviously going to change the landscape in the ecosystem because the frameworks will start deciding, okay, we want to push performance, so we are going to take decisions that assume preloading. So you will see some libraries taking a direction where they say, look, if you want to use this library and you want it fast, then you need to have preloading um, engaged. And uh, if you do that, then you start seeing effectively libraries being more and more incompatible with typical PHP architectures where you can say, I'm going to have five different applications running on the same PHP FPN box. Okay. So um, from a deployment um, perspective, um, what steps would be needed if you sort of release a new version and uh, want to, let's say, reload a class that is preloaded? Right. So according to the RFC, it is currently um, required to restart the PHP process, whatever it may be, you know, console, FPM, whatever you are currently using to run your server. So it is necessary to restart the entire process. So it, we are going more in the direction of Java applications where, you know, you need to restart the application when you change a class somewhere. And, and that's pretty much the way that is going to be uh, used for PHP 7.4. The RFC mentioned that we may add ways to do hot reloading, like replacing symbols or invalidating symbols in memory later on, but that's currently out of scope. But I feel like this is going much in the direction of the current PHP ecosystem, where we actually restart the typical VM or Docker container and we reload the page and we don't just reload the page when we want to see some change. And it's actually giving us an edge in performance and stability too. You know, you know that your server cannot be tampered with. Even the, if the files get modified, the files, especially classes, are going to be pretty much uh, useless to the runtime. And they're only used for server start startup. So there are some good performance implications to, uh, sorry, performance and security implications. Um, there was a good mention in the RFC about the foreign function interface uh, API, uh, which is something that is also coming to PHP. And we can, for example, decide 
to allow foreign function uh, interfaces only during preload steps so that we don't allow some third party to connect to our server, find some way to do remote code execution and load a library that we never, never expected to load from PHP itself. So we can kind of close it off and we know that the server is very much stable at the time we start mm -hmm. it up. That's very powerful, I think. Uh, you mentioned uh, frameworks will or libraries will build for preloading. Do you have an example in mind, for example, uh, in for doctrine or uh, frameworks? Well, uh, starting from, let's call it the matter of our frameworks now, which is Composer. <laughs> I'm calling it like that because effectively is what enabled most of the frameworks that exist out there now to thrive. We will probably see standardization of a preload script location in vendor. And I hope that will happen, even if it's going to be a simplified version for now. I really hope there will be a vendor preload.php or something like that, which is going to be very similar to Composer's class map system or Composer authoritative class map system. And uh, that's probably going to be the first step. So we will see some endorsement by frameworks uh, to use that and to configure your web server accordingly. But um, if you look at most frameworks out there, especially frameworks that re require compilation, um, like aspect-oriented uh, frameworks like uh, Doctrine, which also does some aspect-oriented programming, like generating proxy classes, or if you look at Symfony and the dependency injection container, which is a massive amount of compiled code that gets dumped into a temporary directory and loaded from there, all these frameworks try to currently squeeze this kind of optimization of compiling some sort of information to a more optimized version, and they try to squeeze it into caching mechanisms. And these caching mechanisms can be completely removed if we assume that preloading is there. So I don't need to do caching. Instead, I just need to do some sort of hashing of my current deployed PHP version. And that hash can be used to define a symbol such as a class name that was evaluated during preloading. And that class contains, for example, my uh, server configuration, my dependency injection container definition, my proxy definitions, uh, and some basic things that we need to kind of warm up the system. So everything that needs a warm up and that has caching that is coupled with the deployment of your system now implicitly happens with the preload and we don't need to even have a very special locations of files. We can just load things from the temporary directory of the system. And then while maybe not a good idea, even remove the files so that they're not even there in the deployment because things are in memory after that and they can be reused as many times as we want. And Uh, since we now have the preloading step as a one-off operation, we can put heavier operations in there. So we don't need to be very performance aware during that step. We instead focus on the outcome of that step. Is the produced artifact going to be optimized for runtime or for compilation time? And right now we have this trade-off. We also have a lot of problems like I cannot write files to my temporary directory because I don't know, Symfony or Zen Framework tries to write some cached uh, configuration there. 
And that no longer happens because it only happens at server startup. So if your server denies you write access to some path, you're going to notice it as server startup and not when requests come in. When requests come in, that's already too late. So if you're doing green-blue deployments, um, you kind of see that the deployment has gone wrong before even getting the first request in. That's very powerful as well. On a, um, I don't know, just like on, on, a, on a thought bubble if you want, would there be any kind of apps whatever that just wouldn't work with preloading on the off chance that that might be the case? I thought I'd ask. I can imagine that there may be applications relying on changing symbols at runtime and extension-based libraries that would have maybe problems with this. But effectively, um, oh, yeah, and other things that can break are applications that rely on the autoloader hijacking. There's one that um, I'm really proud of, which uh, is something that we, well, we kind of stole it from Alexander Lysashenko as a concept. So what happens if you want to know where a class is located, but you don't want to load that class and you don't know how the autoloader is defined? So what you do is you say, okay, I want to try autoloading this class, but I'm going to first replace the string wrapper for the file system uh, access. And then I'm going to attempt autoloading. And then I'm going to reset the string wrapper, but I'm going to record every path where a file access was attempted. So what you can do is you can kind of use the autoloader to figure out where are things located in my system and hope that you will find a file somewhere. Now, with preloading, the autoloader will never, ever be hit. So this system does no longer work. Of course, we're talking about edge cases. We're talking about very extreme scenarios. Uh, but it's, it's interesting that you have these very edge case scenarios in aspect-oriented programming uh, where you um, actually use the autoloading system to your advantage. But the autoloading system will get more and more in disuse, I think and will be mostly used for things that are just in time to be loaded uh, and considered actually to be a, a problem by uh, application performance monitoring tools. So application performance uh, monitoring tools, APMs, will start uh, reporting, look, your application is still autoloading. So you have something wrong in your application. That's going to be an interesting step where before we would say an application is running 30 queries, that's a problem. And now you have an application that runs 30 times the autoloader, that's a problem. It's going to be a step uh, in that direction. And, and many applications that relied on the autoloader to introduce intermediate steps in the autoloading, those will no longer work. And I would rather say that's a good thing because those are very, very hacky and very nasty things mm -hmm. to debug when they go okay. wrong. All right, Marco. Well, thanks very much to, for coming on to talk about performance uh, and in particular preloading in depth. Um, is there something that you want to talk about, whether it's an upcoming conference talk, um, project, library, uh, contribution, anything? Right. I don't really have one specific library that I want to pitch. We have many under the Rove namespace on GitHub. You can go and check them out. Uh, one of the latest ones is the backwards compatibility break analysis tool that we wrote, uh, which I think is something that the PHP ecosystem still has to take on and introduce in their builds. And uh, uh, we also wrote a thing called Rove, you're using it wrong, 
you're using it wrong is of course a cheeky name. It's because of course you're using it wrong. We know. Um, but the idea behind it is that static analysis is also not as widespread as we would like inside the PHP ecosystem. So what we are going to gradually do is introduce this little library, this little annoying library in our dependencies and slowly enforce static analysis in downstream projects. So PHP will gradually become more and more a compiled language, kind of by accident, let's say. And that's something I'm really proud of because I'm basically doing damage in the right way, I think. Okay. Uh, great that you came on today, Marco. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for tuning in. The Undercover Elephant is produced by Tideways, a PHP monitoring, profiling, and exception tracking software company. If you want to know more about anything that you heard during the episode, about a wonderful guest, or about Benjamin and myself, check out the show notes in your favorite podcast player. Alternatively, go to undercover-elephant.com. That's undercover-elephant.com. You'll find a link to each episode, which contains show notes for that episode. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you know someone who is very knowledgeable in writing highly performant and scalable PHP applications, then email us at podcast at tideways.com. That's podcast at tideways.com. <laughs>